0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: I mean, t- you know, it's one of the silly nights and just you know, kind of you know, silly nights. You know, we've like got to salute the silly, uh, the silly moment of the week here, please. Uh, it's in Argentina. You never think of silly things happening in Argentina. Argentina motorists were told of being pursued along lonely roads. Listen to this story. It's, uh, you know, the uh, automobile is, is is producing changes in people everywhere in the world. It's not just here. It's uh, it's everywhere. Motorists were told. Can you imagine this? You're driving in your car. You got to you got to see this in your mind. Let your mind go once. You know, forget the being so uh, damn literate and uh, and literal. Let your mind go. Motorists here, this is uh Nequen, Argentina. Motorists here told of being pursued along lonely roads by a monster with a face like Frankenstein, wearing a green cap and driving a small, extremely fast, black-painted car. Bum-ba-dum-bum. ba bum. bum, bum, bum. Authorities detained 58-year-old Oscar Cobian, after finding a rubber Frankenstein mask and a green cap in his small black MG.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, we got to salute old Oscar. Oh, oh, Oscar missed the train. Uh, Oscar knew Mr. what he threw when he wore that Frankenstein mask at Oh, pair missed the train. Oh, the pair missed the train. The bear missed the train and now he's walking. Ain't walking near and popping it up there. He's walking near. He's walking in a cup And he's drinking a glass of beer? The bear
2: missed the train. The bear missed the train. The bear missed the train and now he's walking. All right, have a
1: Second one, please. I just want to try something. The second cut, if I may. This is something uh, we just like to uh, just like to try something here. Would you please? Okay. I just want to hear this. Is this for me? Let me, uh, you have to indulge me.
0: All
1: right. Okay, fine. That's just what I suspected. What do you mean, what are you suspecting? (laughs) I still... You know, I'll tell you, you know, it's a funny thing, though, about that guy in that car. Uh... I had a very eerie thing happen to me the other night. No, I, it, the reason that this piece maybe means something to me, you know, the guy driving around with the with the Frankenstein mask and all that. But I had a very curious thing happen to me the other night in my car, and it has—it's a kind of thing that has never ever happened to me before. You know, that's that's one of the things that makes life endlessly fascinating, at least to me, is that. Things happen to you as you go along in your life that you that, that just are never predictable. It just keeps going on and on and stuff that happens to you are almost uh, within every week something will happen to you that has never happened to you before or that you never suspected would happen. Is this true art in your life? Well, maybe you don't recognize it that way. Maybe, maybe that's it. I'm not talking about just you know the really wild things that happen occasionally. I'm just talking about Just, you don't know, you know, (laughs) what's going to happen 10 minutes from now, really. But uh, although we tend to to, to forget that fact, life, there's no way to a person who really looks at things and and feels things for life to be boring. I can't see how life can be boring, because it is life. And uh, life being what it is, Man, uh, nobody's ever been able to define what it is yet. Why do you think we write novels and, 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 uh, and short stories and plays and God knows what else? It's always an attempt to define what it is, and nobody ever will. But uh, here's an example of, of, of the totally ina- inexplicable things that happen to you. Now, I'm I'm driving, oh, it was about, um, I'd guess it to be about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. This is a week or so ago. And uh, I'm out on the Jersey Turnpike. Now I was traveling north on the Jersey Turnpike. I had been in Philadelphia, and I was there to do a couple of TV shows and stuff. And I and I was traveling north on the Turnpike, returning to New York City. You got that? I was about halfway between Philadelphia and New York on the Turnpike, and it was pretty good traffic. There was there was a lot of traffic coming the other way, going. Going south, for some reason or other, there were tremendous amounts of trucks and stuff all going south, and there was a good amount of traffic going north. It was enough that uh, there were cars every couple of hundred yards all moving along, and the traffic was moving very fast it was moving it was not a rainy night or anything it was a it was just a dark night, that's all, and the traffic was moving pretty good. I'd say the average car was whistling along the turnpike at about sixty five seventy miles an hour, some more, some less, but a pretty good speed. And I'm going along with the traffic. Now, I'm, at this point, uh, I'm over on the right-hand lane. I I, uh, I had uh, just come in from, uh, I made a stop to get some gas, and I was pulling out, and I was gro- driving along on the right-hand lane. That means the outside lane. You got it? That's the outside one. And uh, I'm going, and I'm now up to speed, and I'm going along about, oh, probably 65 on the outside lane. And I keep a look, I keep watching uh, the rear-view mirror. I use the rear-view mirror a lot when I drive. You better learn to use the rear-view mirror plenty when you drive on the turnpike. And, I'm, I'm, you know, there's cars behind me. I see all these lights and cars ahead of me. And I see cars are passing. Some of the guys in the inside lanes are going faster because they were out there already and they were going along 70, 75, passing. And, And I'm aware of, you know, the car. There's a car coming up behind me. Not behind me but he's in the other lane see but he's behind me he's in the my the left hand lane left hand to me lane that meant he was in the center lane you got it and he's coming up okay so I think well I'll let this guy get past and then I'll pull out into the center lane and drive along so I'm whistling along see I'm going maybe I'm going maybe uh, 65 and when all of a sudden I'm aware of the fact this guy is now in fact passing me you got it see he's right up behind me I look out the rear-view mirror, and I see him. Well, all of a sudden now, I'm aware of something else. The car has moved to its right completely. He's now, even with the nose, our cars are nose and nose, running along evenly, but he has pulled right up beside me, and in fact, he caught me, all, it happened all so fast. He, Listen to this, Art. He bumped the side of my car. <laughs> he just went, boom, boom. And we're driving along at 70 miles an hour. This guy just bams the side of my car. Well, at that point, I, I, I started to drift right. I said, what the hell's going on here? See, I started to drift right. Well, I realized if I drifted right, I'm going to be off in the gravel. At seven, it's going to be an exciting uh, uh, couple of hundred yards. See? So, so uh, he just bumped me twice. This went boom, boom. And, and he pulled up ahead of me then. And I see this face looking out of the back of the window of the car. This guy's looking out. And there were about three people in the car. Now, that was a pretty damn dangerous thing to do. Uh, And it didn't look like it was done as a gag because uh, there was none of this ha-ha-ha, you know, all that jazz. Just a sort of a strange look out of the window. The car moved back into the center lane and and started to go quite fast. And I said, boy, I'm going to let this guy get away from me. At that point, I slowed up. Uh, I I, I took my foot off the uh, gas a bit and drifted back. And I let him go ahead. Well, I notice he didn't go ahead. He slowed up. Well, well. Now we're in for some interesting and 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 then he cut in front of me, directly in front of me. Now he's up ahead of me, and I see he's slowing up and he pulls off to the side. He is now on the shoulder. He is stopping. I whistle by him. And I see him slowing up, and then I see him pull out again behind me. Now we got an interesting ball game. Very very interesting, and uh, I had noted what kind of a car it was because uh, being a car cuckoo, I instinctively, I instinctively noticed what type of car and so on. I knew what what the guy was doing, and then at that point, I says, "Okay, I better do something here because this is this is very interesting." The guy stopped, the guy hung about uh, oh I'd say 50, 75 feet behind me and we're clipping along. I says, "All right." So I really wound the car up at that point. I just pulled out in the center lane and I wound it up. And uh, the automobile I have is capable of pretty fast speeds, as a matter of fact, and so I took off like a bat out of hell down the center the lane. Well I could see he's trying to stay with me now. Now he's right directly behind me and he's trying to stay with me, but I moved fast and there was a I, I caught up with a whole clump of cars. There were a lot of cars, trucks and everything. I caught you know how the, on the turnpike cars will move in clumps. There'll be uh, there'll be a whole bunch of cars and there'll be a space for well, I'm going to be another bunch. Well, I'm suddenly in the middle of this whole bunch of cars. Well, I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to, I'm going to move in and out here so that this guy is going to have trouble following me. So I slid in in front of a big semi, and then I slid again further into the right lane, and I let the semi shield me from this guy. He couldn't see me. See at that point, I slid back out in front, and a couple of other cars moved in. And out. We're moving like dominoes. See. And so I, I, I see this guy whistle down the center lane now. He's, he's past. He's looking for me or something. That's all I can define what he was doing. I'm just telling you exactly what. I don't know what he did, uh, why it was happening or what was going on. But at that point, he, he sailed down the center lane. And now this is what was interesting. This was fascinating. But prior to that moment, there had been three people in the car. There was a guy in the back and two people in the front. Uh, when he went past me the the second time, fast, same car, there was only a driver in it, which made me believe that the other two guys had ducked down and were down. One was down on you know on on the seat and back, and one and they went past like hell. They went, but uh, I, I I then said all right now. And then I hung back and I could see them disappearing. They were going. They were they were always looking because I could see them moving from lane to lane. And I let them get far ahead, and uh, I, I, I slowed down to maybe 55 so that they would get way up ahead. And at that point, I pulled into the, I pulled into the, uh, there was a Howard Johnson came up, and I just pulled into the parking lot, I went back in the bar, dark parts, they've waited for a while. So they'd get way out ahead, and then I pulled out back out on the pike again. I never saw them again. Now how's that for a fascinating moment on the turnpike? And uh, when I, I later got to the city, I went out and I looked around at the car. You know, I, I examined the car to see what, uh, to see what, uh, if anything, you know, any damage had happened because he did hit me. It was the first time I've ever been uh, kissed like that by another car it, at speed. Uh, and, and sure enough, there, there was, there on the side of the car it was a streak of this white paint, this ivory whitish paint. This car was a, happened to be a, a Chevy, by the way. And uh, there was a streak of paint right along the side of the car where he had, uh, where he had touched me. Now, <laughs> this is a mysterious moment on a turnpike. This is WOR New York. And uh, I've, I've, uh, I've seen other mysterious moments. You know, when you drive a lot, uh, when, you, when you do a lot of driving, as uh, some of us do in our lives, and I do, I love to drive to begin with, and I, and I drive a lot, a lot of cross-country driving when you do this a great deal you begin to see things that a lot of people who don't drive a great deal and are not particularly observant anyway never never really see they, they, things uh, happen all the time and they never quite see them uh, for example one of the most mysterious things that ever happened to me do you want, do you, you want me to talk about mysterious things that happen on the road well before we uh, do any of this stuff, what's what, what's this uh What's this little dingaling you got for all right? Hit the, all right, Swiss Air, hit the button. Switzerland is a logical country with a logical airline called Swiss Air, an airline that has a very logical airfare to Europe. It's called the 22-45 day fare. All you have to do is spend between 22 and 45 days in Europe. That's the only condition. You don't have to make reservations months in advance as you do on chartered flights. If you want to leave today, leave today. You also don't have to buy any land arrangements. You don't even have to travel with a group, or return from the same city you arrived in. Try and find a charter deal like that. The twenty-two forty-five day fare. $277 round trip from New York to Switzerland during April and May. Or $327 to Vienna. A logical fare from a logical airline. Fly Swiss Air. An airline is a lot like the country it comes from. Swiss Air. For more information, call or visit your travel agent or Swiss Air at 608 Fifth Avenue. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we have a House of Chance spot here. Now, listen, I don't want to scare you. I, I'm, I'm making no value judgment. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not making any, any uh, attempt to say one thing or another about it except to say that it was a very mysterious experience, and it could very well have been that these guys uh, were bagged or something and somebody uh, just uh, slid over and, and bopped the car, and then they got scared and uh, <laughs> didn't know quite what to do about it uh, because that is a moving violation let me tell you and a serious one and uh, at that point they they might have been trying to get away or who knows you know all i know is that this is exactly what happened i did not move out of my lane in case you're curious uh, when when the, when the car slid over and hit me i was absolutely right in the lane going straight and uh, when suddenly they just slid right over and we were side to side and i looked for a minute i just saw the hood it just all happened so fast it just went boom. I, I felt a boom hit twice, and whoa, they took off. And they kept they kept right up next to me, but they, they, they slid right off, and then they cut in front of me. Now, I don't know whether they were trying to force me off the road or what. Very interesting. But I was having none of it. <laughs> I might give you a warning. If any of you guys do drive a great deal out there and things like that happen, don't stop. Uh, unless there's some really damage to your car, don't stop because you never know what... Uh, the hanky-panky may be art suggested that it's a possible it's possible that it was a gang of mobile muggers who do this and then get you to stop on a lonely part of the the road and yeah, you stop and the next thing you know you're shocked like a like a christmas turkey uh that could be because you wouldn't have much recourse out on a road like that man there was no there's nobody around i mean there were other cars going along whistling past but it's fascinating <laughs> what a, what an experience Well, uh, speaking of great experiences, friends, I'd like to recommend a visit to the House of Chan. Great experience. Uh, If you don't know about the restaurant, I'll briefly outline it for you. I'll brief you here. It's a famous uh, Oriental restaurant in New York, and uh, they they have one of the most extensive menus uh, in the the entire country, in uh, Chinese Oriental food. And they've been there for 35 years, and this is a good restaurant. Uh, They are on the corner of 52nd, And 7th Avenue, it's uh, right almost in the heart of the theater district. You just walk right over to whatever theater you're at. And uh, the food is good. They're open seven days a week, which is good to know. And they have an excellent bar. And uh, furthermore, uh, they have luncheons there. You can go to lunch. You can go to uh, dinner there. And uh, if you, one word of uh, advice, if you go in and you're going to a show, tell the guy that you are going to a show and he'll get you out in time. They have 22 cooks that work uh, each one with his own walk. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're fine. It's the House of Chan, 52nd and 7th. Now, let's see uh, what do we have here. Yeah, uh, hey, I see old Prozzi's got a thing going here. You know, for oh, several months now, we've been talking about prosies, two great uh, Army-Navy stores at 121 Main Street in Hackensack, and prosies for men and boys at 35 Ridge Road in North Arlington, Well, Prozies is now giving away a famous landlubber poster. And you don't have to buy anything or anything. You just go in there and ask them for it, and they'll hand it to you free. That's at Prozies. And uh, also, while you're there, look around. It's one of the great Army-Navy stores in this area. They've been in business for over 50 years. And by the way, this poster is part of their 50th anniversary celebration. And they're specialists in work clothes, camping equipment, uh, boutique fashions, dungarees, bells, sneakers, work shoes... They have a great collection of western wear by the way and uh, all kinds of stuff in that line. It's a, it's a classical Army Navy store and a good one. It's Prosie's Army Navy store at 121 Main Street in Hackensack and Prosie's for men and boys at 35 Ridge Road in North Arlington that's New Jersey. When you walk in they'll start treating you like a customer again. Feels kind of great. I, I you know uh, I'll just hold this up. All right, uh, here's here's a little dingling here. music to start you thinking that the music could stop. Someday a live concert by the New York Philharmonic may be a thing of the past, because the New York Philharmonic is desperately fighting a crippling deficit, even though it's playing for the enjoyment of more people than ever before. If great music is important to you, please help. Send your contribution, any amount, to the New York Philharmonic, Philharmonic Hall, New York 10023. Don't let the music stop. Okay, uh, what, uh, what I'm going to do... I, I, I don't like to scare people, you know. We, we all have our private experiences, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not the kind that scares particularly easy, easily, as you probably know, Art. Uh, You probably suspect it. Well, uh, I'm I'm not. But some very, very interesting things have happened to me in in driving, and and, uh, some of them should be told. Like like the time, I'll never forget this one. This is one of the most mysterious things I've ever seen in my life, driving. I had a date, uh, and and I was with this girl. And uh, we were driving along a major... Uh, highway outside of Chicago. This is a big highway. It's a. It's like uh, driving along. Well, it actually skirts Chicago. It's like it's like driving along the West Side Highway or or going along through the Cross Con- County Parkway, something like that. See, and this this is a big road that uh, goes along the lake in Chicago, called the Outer Drive. You may know of it or probably heard of it. But the Outer Drive runs right along the lake, and it goes past the Field Museum and it goes past the Planetarium and there's parks there. And, and uh, it's, it's a heavily traveled road. There's a lot, a lot of cars on it. And this happened in the middle of an afternoon on the weekend. So you can imagine what kind of traffic was on it. I'll tell you, it was a summer weekend. And it must have been uh, 27 million cars within a 100-foot radius of me. They were really, cars were all moving fast. So I'm driving along with this girl, and we're sitting in the front of the car. It's a, I, had a, I had a Ford, and uh, it was a Club Coupe, by the way, and we're we're just whistling along, just like everybody else, and we're going to this uh, show or something. In fact, I'll tell you where we were going. Now it's coming back to me. We were going up to see the uh, Cubs play. Uh, we were going to a ball game, Wrigley Field, up on the north side. So we're driving north, and uh, we're roaring along there with thousands of cars on all sides of me. And I'm talking to the chick, and we're having, a you know, just the usual social type thing, we're driving along. When all of a sudden, as, as happens all the time, got a guy passed me. He just zip. He just goes around me. And passes me. This happens all the time. He just went zip. Well, we're driving uh, another 150 feet or so, 150 yards maybe. and This guy's up ahead of me, and it was a, it was a four-door car, a conventional car, nothing unusual about it. When I, I I became aware of the fact that there's a guy's head sticking out of the window, the back window, not the back uh, rear window, but he's sticking out of one of the side windows, but it's the back door, see, on the uh, driver's side, which was on my side. His head is sticking out, and he's looking backward, one of the passengers. He's, he's, he's got his head out, and he's looking back. Well, now they were directly ahead of me, and the cars were all around, and at first I didn't say anything about it. This girl was talking away, and I, I noticed this guy's head sticking out. But then, all of a sudden, something happened that made <laughs> made the whole afternoon. I might tell you, it made my whole week. Uh, he's looking out the window, and I see his hand come out now out the window. And what has he got in his hand? It was the biggest, meanest, bluest-looking, 38th police special I have seen in a long time. And it is a big, mean Roscoe. And he is pointing it directly back. And it goes... Boom. <laughs> I see these two spurts of flame, and of course, since the traffic was moving so fast, and uh, there was noise, and I had the windows open, wind was—I didn't hear the gun, but I saw it go boom, boom. I saw these two puffs of blue smoke trail fast, and this two bright flashes. And I says, holy God, we're being shot at. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it hit me. For, for a moment, I couldn't believe what I'm seeing because, you know, you don't expect this kind of thing. And, 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 and the girl sitting next to me, she's just blabbing away. She didn't know what the hell is going on. She's going, blah, blah, blah. And I said the Myrtle, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the other day, blah, blah. My mother said, blah, blah. And at that, I
2: hollered, get down on the floor.
1: Well, in keeping with the usual dumb passenger, she says, Why? And at that it goes, pow, pow, I see two more. And I said, for God's sakes, that guy's shooting at us. And she's, whoo. Well, um, forget her. If she's going to get shot. It's her business now. I'm, I, it's every man for himself. The hell with you, honey. So <laughs> at that point, the car, the car is, is, is still up ahead of me, and I, and I start to slow up. I, the only thing I could do, because if I turn right, there's about 50,000 cars going. If I turn left, there's 50,000 more. We're right in the middle of this stream of traffic. I couldn't hardly go either way. You see, if I turn one way or the other, I'm going to have crashes. I could just see one of these 5,000 car crashes, see. Well, I suddenly am aware of the fact that another guy has driven like hell. He pulls right up to me and he's, we're neck and neck now and I slide back and he, and I see two guys leaning out of that car. Each one has got a big blue mean looking equalizer. Oh my God! What am I head? And they're blowing away. I mean, pow pow. This time I hear it because they're right next to me, and they're blatting away. And a guy up ahead is shooting. I'm in the middle of a gunfight. Well, at that point I slow up, and, and and I'm driving along, and I notice nobody else is noticing it. Everybody else is going along, the radios going, and I see the myrtle, blah blah blah. And holy smokes, what the hell's going on? Well, I see the. <laughs> I'm slowing up, and at that point the girl. Who is with me? She now sees it. You know, it is filtered through her thick skull that this is highly unusual, and uh, furthermore, it could be considerably dangerous. So she goes, "Ah, stop him, Fisher!" I stop them What the hell are you talking about? Stop him! Get down on the damn floor! Get down on the floor! And I start pulling up like that. And in the meantime, these guys are blown away, and uh, and now it's 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 beginning to it's beginning to. Uh, well, I hate to use the word because it is, is uh, it, 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 often in the news these days. Uh, <laughs> everything from Watergate on down. it began to escalate. <laughs> now there are two guys out of the car ahead. A second one has come out. Apparently the first one is running out of, out of ammunition, and the second one has popped up, and he's blowing away too. Well, there must have been 25 shots fired. Well, one car then pulled over to... uh, They're going fast now. They're going about 75, and the the front one pulled off to the side. Between... This was a one-way road, I might add, and uh, it was was separated from the lane going the opposite direction by a sort of parkway that had, like, bushes in it, high bushes and trees separating this thing. And I see this car ahead has pulled off. He's pulled off like mad into these weeds off the one side. And the car behind stopped. All of this is happening very fast, I might tell you. that, uh, And it's and it, it happened so fast, I'm sure that most of the people who were in in the action, who were driving along, had no concept of what was happening, didn't even see it. Uh, he, the guy jumped out of the car. A guy jumped out of the car. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. A guy jumped out of the front car and started to run with the traffic up the road. He's running like mad. Uh, And he turns left and into the weeds, and at the same time as he does this, two guys jump out of the car behind, and they're running, and they're firing as they run. All three of them disappear into the weeds. We drive on past, and that's the last I ever heard of it. Okay? Okay. I'll put that in with life's little magic moments. Uh, <laughs> and I thought to myself, my God, unbelievable. You know, here's the scene. And, and and so, of course, naturally, I, I, I'm, I'm telling everybody about this, and everybody's looking at me with kind of a dumb look. Oh, come on. No, I actually saw this. And and uh, so that night, of course, when the paper came out, I figured I'm going to get to see what the heck happened. It must be in the paper. Not a word. And I have never heard one other word about that shooting fracas near the Field Museum on the Outer Drive in Chicago. And I mean there was a lot of... there was a lot of artillery being fired, and I would guess offhand between the four guns that were fired ultimately that there must have been a good fifteen to twenty shots let fly. Not including the shots that were fired when they were running in the weeds because they were firing at each other in those weeds. Well now, that that uh, that kind of moment. See, this is this is a this is a, a moment of, of, of sure you know sheer glory in driving. Now I'll tell you another one. You want to hear another one? You want to hear another one? All right. I'm, uh, see, uh, maybe I'm incident prone. I don't know, but but uh, it's also true that I do dra- do a great deal of driving. Well, I'm going to tell you one that happened to me one time. I'm driving south this time, and I'm down I'm down around someplace in Kentucky, and uh, driving on. Uh, U.S. 41, which cuts right down, goes straight uh, south. If you take 41 uh, up near the Canadian border and you stay on 41, you can can see it on all your maps. It's a big U.S. highway. You've heard of U.S. 41, I trust, or haven't you? Well, 41 uh, is a north-south famous highway, and it goes right straight, cuts right down through Illinois, cuts right down uh, the shores of Lake Michigan, cuts right straight down through... Uh, Indiana, which hangs at the bottom of the lake there. It cuts straight as a die. It just goes right through Indiana, then it cuts right down uh, south uh, through uh, the area south of Indianapolis, heads right down to the Ohio River, and then goes on through Kentucky, and then it begins, to, it begins to edge east. And finally, you can take U.S. 41 all the way down to Key West. In fact, you see the Key West Highway often? You see pictures of it on TV, where they're going over the water. That's Key West Highway. That that fantastic viaduct. That's US 41. In case you're curious. (laughs) So so here I am. I'm I'm booming along on 41, and there you know there were cars on all sides of me. Everybody going along. It was a beautiful, again a sunny, very sunny afternoon. I'm driving along, uh, fat dumb and happy, just enjoying the thing. You know I love to drive. So I'm booming along, and. uh, Right, up ahead, I see this roistering crowd of, uh, of people in a car. It looks like there's a convention going on in this car. See nothing but heads. <laughs> about 40 people in a car. See? And this is a common sight, by the way, in, uh, in uh, what you call today country western uh, country. For those of you who don't know much about country western worlds, uh, you know, the, the world that, that, that Merle Haggard and Buck Owens sing about the world that Tom T. Hall sings about, and you think that it all comes out of Tom T. Hall, I'll tell you a little bit of the reality of that world because I've lived and worked in the reality, in that world for a long time, and I, it's very different from what they sing about, and yet it's even wilder. It's, it's more exciting. So I see this crowd of people up ahead of me, and this is an old, rotten-looking car. Uh, t- typical, uh, they used to have a phrase which they no longer use called hillbilly. Uh, this is a hillbilly car. You know <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you know what the term they used to have out there? They used to call it a, uh, the, 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 the city types who live in that area, let's say live in places like Louisville or places like, like uh, Lexington. These are city types. They had a name for a car like that. You know what it was called? A Rube Wagon. So uh, <laughs> so here goes a Rube Wagon by me. So what's a Rube Wagon? Well, it's about a, about a tenth-hand car, and uh, it has been kicked in the sides on all sides. It's covered with this yellowish clay, which means the car spends a great deal of time running up and down gravel roads and in and out of uh, gullies. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, you can, the windows are dirty. You can hardly see out of them. Half of the car, half of uh, a true Rube wagon has two or three of the windows actually missing, where, you know, where somebody got drunk one night and threw a gallon jug through the side, and that was it. So, so uh, it goes roaring by, and every Rube wagon I ever saw had bad valves and, uh, and burnt oil. So this great cloud of black oil is coming back at me, and this rube wagon is totally out of out of line, which means that uh, it looks like it's going sideways down the road. You've seen a real a real out of line cars; this are just booming along. And this whole crowd—I see hands waving and yelling and hollering, you know. And at the, you can just see, and once in a while, a bottle flies out, and they're just going down the road. There, you know, uh, it's a, it's a rube wagon going wherever, going wherever rubes go, and and uh, there and all the. <laughs> All of a sudden I see this I see this this, this curious sight. I, I, I see a spark of light through the murky back window, which was covered with crud and chicken dung and stuff. I see a spark of light, like somebody's lighting a pipe or something. I see this light. So what the hell's going on? I see the light. but it's not stopping. Usually when a guy's lighting a cigar or a cigarette or something, it's a flare and it goes off. It's a light. With that I see the light move from left to right. Now you're watching this. It's moving. And now it's getting brighter. I said, What the heck's going on in there? I see a hand sticking out of the of the of the back window of the car. Now and, and it's it's a real you know, it's got a tattered old blue work shirt, you know, this gnarled hand with the with the with the tattoo all over it, born to lose, you know <laughs> and a whole bit. See so, you know, so smoke coming And he's got in his hand I can't believe what I'm seeing again. It's another great Shepherd moment. He's got in his hand, he's holding the stick end. Of a sky rocket, and that sky rocket is lit, man. He's holding the stick end. He's just holding it up like that, and it's going. You know, the, you could see the, the the fire coming out of the back, and then it goes. <clears throat> but now it's lit. It's really going, see. And he goes, Whoa! and he throws it out, <laughs> and the sky rocket goes. Whoa! It sails along the road at about maybe an altitude of about nine or ten feet, see, because you know. It didn't have any output. It just went whistling along the road, and it's sending out these blue balls and sparks. It's a great big skyrocket. Well, I see uh, guys in other cars are driving along, and all of a sudden, the skyrocket goes by them, which causes a lot of excitement. I mean, uh, let's face it. You're passed by trucks. You're passed by motorcycles. But it's not the average moment in your life when a skyrocket passes you up on the wrong side of the road. Well, the skyrocket goes whistling right down the highway much faster than the cars. You go, shh who goes down well I see a guy way up ahead the sky rocket goes right over his car and goes boop you know how they blow up at the top (laughs) oh my god are they blue balls and stars and and red white and blue flags the whole thing blows up in front of him and and I see the car wave down the street it's waving see I can see the guy fighting for control oh my god he flies off the road now he just tears right off the road right through a pasture And he goes right in between two haystacks, zap, and you see the chickens flying and the birds running, and you see the cows running like hell, and and the whole parade just goes right on down the road. Well, then I see Luke, or whatever his name is in the back there, he's hollering like a, Oh, hey, uh, hey man, come on, you can't drive that car. And the hand goes out again, and this time he's got another one. Oh, my God Almighty. At that point, I pull off into the next shell station. And I saw the whole parade of cars going on down U.S. 41 heading south with that Rube wagon right in the middle of it all with skyrockets flying out of the back seat. <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, if if, 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 I ever, if I ever tell my friends back in the city about this, they all say, well, Shepard's doing it again. Shepherd's d- and let's us do it again. Right. You don't have to know a lot about wines. To know the time for Dubonnet is before.
0: Before that's the time to think about some Dubonet to drink. Before it's the proper time of day to have yourself a Dubonet. Before, yeah, before.
1: It's the time before for Dubonet. Dubonet. Some people can't spell it. And there's hardly a soul who knows it's an aperitif. But don't let that scare you away. All you need to know is this Dubonet's the wine that's made to go before lunch. Before dinner, just pour it over the rocks. Add a twist, soda if you like. That's Dubonnet before, made to make what comes after that much better.
0: Before, yeah, before the time before for Dubonnet. Dubonnet. Company, New York, New York. Spencer was in here yesterday. Louis Travisher. Yeah, old Louis comes in and he orders up a valentine like always. And like always, he's got troubles. Seems his wife's mad because Louis forgot their anniversary and she's hidden his hunting boots. We'll give him back. And Louis's all set for a big hunting trip. So I say, Louis, here's what you got to do. Your wife's mad. You got to take her a nice present. Like a case of valentine beer. And he says, Connor, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And I say, no, 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 wait, look. Valentine stands for purity, body, and flavor, right? The three rings. And there's two more rings than you gave her when you got married. So Louie takes her a case of Valentine beer. Well, I guess it didn't work out just right. Because Louie's wife got madder than ever and threw Louie's hunting boots out of the kitchen window. With Louie in them. Some world, huh? Here, let me get you another Valentine. On the house. Okay. All
1: right, uh, that uh, that was kind of nice. Do you have the Mazda in there? Very good. Oh, you yeah. know, what, it are, gonna, what are you going to say about to new car, the I was driving uh,
2: wouldn't go too far. I was heading from a dealer to make a trade. When a Mazda went by, it really made the grade. Piston engine goes... But the Mazda goes... Oh, I took a new Mazda out for a drive. Man, that rotary engine is really alive. You can cruise in silence hour after hour with a rotary engine just spinning out power. Piston engine goes. But the Mazda goes. There's nothing like it on the road today. The rotary engine is here to stay. No valves or pistons to grind or rub. So if you want to belong, you join the rotary club. Piston engine goes. But the Mazda goes... Yeah, get in the club there.
1: Get yourself a Mazda. In Westport, Connecticut, your Mazda dealer is Mazda of Westport. (laughs) Listen, I I got a million of those weird moments. I don't think I've ever told you about the time that I... Again, this was in Kentucky. On a Saturday night. This big, fantastic rose-colored Cadillac went by me. I mean, a real big Cadillac, you know? And a uh, brand-new Caddy went whistling by me and sitting on the hood of the Cadillac. They're going about 70 miles an hour. Sitting on the hood, facing the front, looking like a gigantic radiator ornament, was this totally bagged hillbilly with his shirt off, and he's, he's got he's got a great big half-gallon jug of beer... <laughs> and they're riding down the highway and this other hillbilly was sitting there you know driving his car and they're hollering like hell and he just runs past he goes hiya boy how are ya and he goes whistling out on the road 70 miles an hour sitting there spread eagle on the front of that thing it was like he was riding a great big camel the hell and gone knows nowhere <laughs> so uh, yeah you know there's a lot of things if you keep your eyeballs peeled keep looking around friend it just don't never stop I may use one of those rude expressions. It just don't hardly ever stop, you know, Caleb? Just don't hardly ever stop. Never know what's going to turn up out the next rock, do you? <laughs> uh, they keep them. Cards and letters are coming in, folks. Just keep a writing them cards in. Old Uncle Shep here is going to keep fucking and singing in songs, boy. This is W.O.R. New York. You stay tuned, you hear, for Lester Smith in the News. You hear now?
2: This is the news in detail on the hour from the W.O.R. newsroom. The American inflation ship is still sailing on. President Nixon acknowledged today that the fight against inflation has not been won. In his statement on wage price controls, the president said there will be no freezes of wages and prices and no rollbacks. Treasury Secretary George Shultz read Mr. Nixon's statement in which he explained the reason for rejecting price freezes. The president gave the example of meat prices. He said if they were frozen or rolled back, customers wouldn't be boycotting meat today, but would instead be storming the supermarkets to be the first in line for the scarce supply of meat. The president said the nation must have greater food production to stop increasing food prices. Turning to the big companies, there is a new price increase policy, and Secretary Schultz outlined it. All large firms who wish to increase their prices at a rate higher than one and
1: a half percent per year must pre-notify the cost of living council uh, so that the council can look that over and see if intervention
2: is called for. Uh, we feel that this is an additional and helpful tool in the stabilization effort. A gasoline problem for New York City's taxicab fleets today, the Mobile Oil Company Notified the fleet cab industry that it will cut off their bulk gas supplies at the end of this month. Mobile is a major supplier for 70 fleets in the city. The president of the Metropolitan Taxi Cab Board of Trade denounced Mobile's action as a move to divert gas to company owned stations where it can be sold at a higher rate. Meanwhile, New York State Attorney General Louis Lefkowitz has some legal questions on his mind about oil company claims that they don't have enough gasoline to sell to independent dealers while supplying the company gas stations. Lefkowitz commented,
1: I am prepared to say there's a serious question in my mind whether in fact it's that short, if it does exist, to warrant what they're doing.
2: It also is important from another angle to look into this.